Support for WRFA is brought to you by Quadrant Biosciences, now providing no-cost COVID testing in Chautauqua County. Quadrant Biosciences has partnered with Chautauqua County to provide free COVID testing. For more information on how to schedule an appointment, visit quadrantbiosciences.com slash COVID testing. Support for WRFA is also brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. Congressman Tom Reed discussed the Bipartisan Postal Service Reform Act of 2022 that is moving through Congress, as well as making comments on reforms to the Stock Act and more in his weekly media call. All right. Well, thanks, uh, everybody, for joining us this week. And this week, I want to highlight some work we did in the House um, this week in regards to postal reform. Many of you may have followed. Uh, we had a, a large bipartisan uh, vote in support of the necessary reforms uh, led by the Postmaster General. Uh, that will go a long way uh, uh, to stabilizing uh, the post office, making sure that their pre-funding requirements for their retirement uh, obligations is taken care of, making sure that through Medicare and a transition policy for their retiree um, benefits exposure are taken care of in a way that will allow them to manage uh, the post office's liabilities and future uh, liabilities in a way that uh, allows the post office uh, a 10-year window, essentially, to uh, get their fiscal uh, house in order and to become much more stable uh, when it comes to their operational budgets on a year-to-year basis. Um, glad to report uh, just uh, here in the last uh, few hours uh, that Chuck Schumer recognizes in the Senate uh, the large uh, size of the bipartisan support for this postal reform and that it, it is his intention to bring to the floor of the Senate uh, before the presidential uh, uh, holiday here in February in the next uh, week or two, um, a, a vote uh, on this bipartisan, bicameral now uh, supported Postal Reform Act. And so to all our postal workers out there, uh, we thank our letter carriers. We thank uh, the folks uh, that allow the Postal Service to get its job done. And, uh, and hopefully this sends a message to them that we stand in their corner as we proudly supported uh, this legislation to get the post office in a position of stability and long-term existence uh, in our country, servicing the needs uh, of the postal demand of the folks that rely upon that service day in and day out. Remember, a lot of not just bills come through the mail, uh, but medications, um, notes, uh, cards, and times of support. And so it's, uh, it's a service that I believe in. It's a service that Uh, I appreciate uh, the workers that get it done, and now uh, we'll be able to stand, uh, hopefully, uh, at a signing ceremony that gets this threat to their very existence as an agency under control and in a position to allow them to uh, continue to serve our public needs. That being said, uh, why don't we then now go around, and I'll turn it over to you, Frank. Okay, we'll move along here. We'll go to... Julia from WRFA News. Good morning, Tom. Uh, my question, hey, I, good morning. I, I, uh, interested in the Postal Service, but something else I saw that sounds like is getting bipartisan support is I was looking for your comments on uh, proposed legislation that would be like a new stock act 
that would uh, work to prevent federal elected officials and others from engaging in insider trading or using non-public information for uh, their own financial benefit. Uh, your comments on that? Yeah, this is uh, where I disagree with Speaker Pelosi uh, in regards to her position uh, that uh, uh, this is not needed and that this is uh, uh, something that she would not be looking uh, to legislate on. Um, that being said, I, I do support uh, further enhancement of reforms on the Stock Act. Uh, I think as a member of Congress, uh, we should be held to a, a standard uh, that's higher uh, than the typical situation, but at a minimum, uh, those that uh, uh, standards that are existing now throughout the private uh, sector. Uh, that being said, uh, you see uh, that this can get complicated, that this can get uh, uh, members sometimes unintentionally uh, because of their holdings, because of the nature of their holdings with their family members. Uh, it can be complicated, so it's not a, a quick 30-second soundbite uh, solution uh, that will solve this problem, but taking a step in the direction of further enhancing the Stock Act, reforming it, modernizing it, even it's a modern law, but even uh, so, uh, let's learn what needs to be tweaked. Let's uh, learn what will put a more transparency in this area into effect, and uh, uh, let's move forward together, get it done. Is there a proposal that's currently in the House that you'd be willing to support? There's a bunch of uh, discussions, um, so I'll defer uh, to the debate in regards to the detailed discussions, but, you know, the things that... Um, you know, we've read about uh, where, you know, some family members, um, as well as members of Congress, recognizing uh, that the family members did not uh, run for office, but at the same time, uh, they're in the public domain. And so uh, the further expansions of the Stock Act that go to more transparency, uh, I think, is something uh, that we should consider. Okay. Thank you very much. You have been muted. To unmute yourself, press now the star we'll key twice. Jerry from the Buffalo News. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Doing well, Jerry. How you doing today? Good, good. Um, just taking uh, that last little dialogue a little further, uh, there also seems to be some momentum, particularly in the Senate, for flatly banning uh, members of Congress from owning uh, stocks, individual stocks. I just wanted to see how you felt about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously you hear those uh, proposals, and I think that's a uh, a 30-second soundbite answer uh, to the problem. Uh, the problem is, is you know, stocks are part of assets that people have uh, acquired prior to coming to Congress, and also as they develop their retirement plans, and often these stocks are held in um, uh, different uh, family uh, situations. And so it's, it's more complicated than just saying, let's ban the ownership of stocks outright. Um, and so I recognize that. But I, I think moving more to a if you're going to own stocks, especially individual stocks, that there needs to be more transparency on that ownership uh, when acquired and how disposed of uh, in regards to allowing the public to see if there's any nefarious actors going on here. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks. That's all I have for you. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Okay, well, now we'll go to Gregory from The Observer. <clears throat> Hi, Tom. Um, I know there's been a lot of discussion with the uh, Republican National uh, Committee censoring uh, two members of the House, and want to get your opinions on that, especially after Mitch McConnell spoke out about it. Yeah, I, I, I join with Mitch McConnell's uh, concerns here that the RNC, uh, especially in the language that they drafted in regards to um, trying to characterize, in my opinion, the January 6th 
situation as a political um, uh, type of uh, um, situation that needed to be chastised. Um, January 6th was a dark day in America's history. And even though I disagree with the present January 6th committee, I did vote for uh, the committee that was established in a way that would have been bipartisan, kind of not a 9-11 type of uh, model. Um, and so I support getting to the bottom of those that engaged in the January 6th uh, situation, be held fully accountable under the justice. And any description by our Republican Party uh, that says that this was some type of uh, political, uh, honest um, uh, discourse and uh, should uh, not be sanctioned or should not be sanctioned or justice be uh, held is something I'm going to adamantly disagree with. Now, that being said, I do agree with the sentiment uh, that you know, as we go forward, uh, I hope the Republican Party uh, accepts uh, that January 6th occurred, but that we're also going to try to inspire the hearts and minds of the next generations of Americans with our ideas and our vision. So spending time uh, on that uh, is something that's critically important to move on from January 6th. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, Tom, we have just one more question. It's for Rick Miller. Okay, hey, Rick. Uh, good morning, Congressman. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Rick? Good. Say, I, I, I may be beating a dead horse here, but... Do you know anything about Route 219? Is there anything other going on? We, yeah, other than what we talked about in the last, um, I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Rick, um, I really don't have an additional update for you uh, at this point in time. But uh, it, it, you specifically are... What I'm, specifically what I'm wondering is is whether that uh, uh, supplemental uh, environmental impact statement uh, was ever performed. Do you, do you know whether it was ever you let me, um, before, yeah, let me, before we talk, um, uh, public, let me get an update for you. Uh, so, Frank, let's take a note here and then specifically get back to Rick in regards to um, exactly the status of the environmental well, Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It's a great, you know, it's a top priority for me and it's a top priority for you and your readers. And we want to make sure you get the most accurate information. Thank you, Congressman. Yep, no doubt, Rick. All okay, right, Tom, I was wrong. There's one more. Brian O'Neill. Oh, sure. Go right ahead. Hello there, Congressman. Hey, Brian. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. Uh, just one quick question. Um, Governor Hoko is expected to uh, make a statement uh, shortly. New York Post just uh, broke a story a few minutes ago saying that they have a source that's confirmed that Governor Hoko is going to say that... Uh, She's uh, ending the mandate, the, the mask and vaccine mandate on businesses, and is going to hold off and wait on any decisions as regards to school. Your reaction to that story from the Post? Yeah, so we're working in the same kind of indications um, uh, that the mask mandate will be um, relieved by the uh, governor. And uh, the good news is, is that I take this um, as a positive sign, uh, because for the governor uh, to make this decision and join with us, uh, in regards to recognizing that we're going to have to live with the virus and that the Omicron surge is obviously was devastating and uh, the numbers uh, showed uh, very concerning levels of uh, positive tests, but also now we're coming through it. And that is something I think that we're going to have to learn uh, to live with as we go forward. As the surges continue, um, hopefully they become less and less in the future. 
And that's why we have to dictate our policies, such as mass mandates and other items, uh, based on the data and, and what supports uh, that decision. And so hopefully this is a recognition by the governor based on data that the mass mandate uh, should go away. And uh, I support that. Thank you. Okay, Tom, that does it for today. I really appreciate uh, all you guys, and I'm sure we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. That was Congressman Tom Reed.